welcome back to Scouring the Depths, the show where we delve deep into the dark, endless, cerebral chasm known as heavy music. My name is Joseph. And I'm Nathan. We are your hosts, and we bring you the stunning finale, the final chapter of our Best of 2003 miniseries, talking about records that we love from a time that was a uh, very odd mm-hmm. for heavy music. One that I don't think is really thought of that often for anymore. Right. Maybe on purpose. Maybe. Um, it's funny you mentioned the word stunning because when you said that my, my mind immediately went to a stunner, which is a stone cold Steve stone Austin. Cold stunner, yeah. And uh, at this time wrestling was awesome. Yeah. It was the, uh, the ruthless aggression era is what they called it. The attitude era. It, I was going to say, because it was like the transition from WCW uh-huh. to the WWF. Mm-hmm. A lot of these members were crossing over okay. companies, and there was a lot of crossover there. Uh, it was still interesting. Uh, it was before, right before I started getting a little bit downhill and yeah, and more soap opera y as things got progressed. But yeah. Anyway, 2003 was weird too because, like I said, it was it's a weird it's a weird year. Um, and you know, going back to the metal stuff, like or just the music in general, it, it was strange. Like you know, I think at this time, like I want to say, like artists like Outkasts were, which I love Outkasts by the way. Yeah. Um, were like huge at this time, mm-hmm. and I know like like pop in general. Uh, we were seeing the likes of uh, Britney Spears kind of kind of kind of finishing around this time strong. Yeah, I think this was the year that Toxic the song came out, which, which is a great song. Yeah, big hit. Yeah. Um and yeah, around that time, uh, you know, there's a it was an interesting time like yeah. in general. So strange strange to think about. Obviously, thinking about to the 2000s is thinking about uh a good chunk of my childhood. So, yeah. Weird to think about. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> So um, today we are covering, um, you know, the final five, you know, choices from this year. Yeah. Um, But before we do that, you know, make sure if you want to join the conversation and let us know kind of your favorite record or records from this year. Let us know. Yeah. Send your top five hour away uh, over at Scouring Pod on Instagram or on Twitter. Um, We're very curious to know. Because, yeah, in a, the 2000s, it's, I think it's very interesting to see um, what standout albums there were for, for, for all of you guys out there. So, yeah, let us know. And also give us a follow on our, our platforms to keep up with us when new episodes come out and uh, what our favorite new releases are every week mm-hmm. and uh, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Keep up to date with there and. We got some uh, juicy things on the social medias. Ooh, juicy things. Mm-hmm. Usually it's pretty disgusting because, you know, death metal and the like. Right. So, right. but anyway, um, I think before we jump into this, um, I think a good recap is in, in order. Yeah. Uh, before we close our lists out, it's a good idea to go back and remind y'all of uh, the road we've traveled thus far. And hit the music, maestro. This would be like the remembrance music that would happen. In memoriam. <laughs> in memoriam. Damn. You usually don't list the causes of death and the <laughs> little I think you should leave bit there. <laughs> Tiny dinky daffy. <laughs> How do you say that like super fast? Tiny dinky daffy pancake by, by a drunk, drunk dump, dump truck, truck driver. driver. <laughs> Uh, I really hope people out there listening have seen that show. I really do too. We quoted it a lot. If they just heard that, they're probably like, "What the fuck is wrong with these guys?" <laughs> they've gotten this far, <laughs> and they've they're like, "This is it. This is the one. This is the thing that we. I'm done with this. Yeah. I can't do this anymore." I don't know, man. It, Netflix should, if they'd like to sponsor us. I know there's another season coming out soon. Yeah, I feel like that partnership May is around makes, the corner. I think that partnership makes a lot of sense to me offers on the I'm table. just saying yeah mm-hmm. so anyway all right so with my list started off at number 20 with lincoln park meteora 
number 19, Edge of Sanity, Crimson 2. Number 18, Nazem with Helvet. 17, Chimera, The Impossibility of Reason. 16, Drawn and Quartered, Extermination, Revelry. 15, Deftones, Self-Titled. 14, Deeds of Flesh, Reduced to Ashes. 13, sorry, I lost, <laughs> lost he, where I was. He doesn't know how to count. It's, it's okay, though. I helped yeah. him. I outed myself, not knowing <laughs> how to count. Uh, 13, The Bronx. The Bronx won. 12, Dying Fetus, Stop at Nothing. And number 11, Killing Joke with Killing Joke. Number 10, Wormed with Planisferium. It's a, it's a, it's a word that... It's a mashup. I had to make sure I had it right. <laughs> um, number 9, Watain, Cassus Luciferi. Number 8, Intestine Ballism with Banquet in Darkness. Uh, 7, Aborted with... Gormageddon, the Carnage, and the Saw, and the Carnage done. Damn, he. So uh, I feel like a marathon. Joseph just right uh, said a bunch of words. I don't know if he meant knew all of them meant, <laughs> but. Right, but then finally, at number six, I had enslaved with below the lights. Enslaved, enslaved. Whew. Yeah, nice. that one. That one was easy to say. Yeah. So it's oh. your turn. <laughs> well, mine's a little bit easier. Thank goodness. Um. So my number 20 was Azalea Dying with Real Words Collapse. Number 19 was Machine Head with Through the Ashes of the Empire. Number 18 is Norderer, which is probably the hardest word I have to say. Um, <laughs> Mirror of Madness. Uh, number 17 is Sleep with Dope Smoker. Number 16 is Every Time I Die with Hot Damn with exclamation mark at the end. Hot Damn. Uh, number 15 is The Black Dahlia Murder with their... Uh, unhallowed record number 14 is sixth with the trees are dead and dried out wait for something wild number 13 is cult of luna with the beyond my number 12 was septic flesh with sumerian demons my number 11 was chimera with the impossibility of reason my number 10 was children of bodom with hate crew death roll uh, number nine was Camelot with Epica. Number eight was Demu Borgir with Death Cult Armageddon. Number seven was Coheed and Cambria in Keeping Secrets 3. And number six was Swallow the Sun with The Morning Never Came. There you have it. There you go. We're done. See you <laughs> later. The next five mystery. Bye. You'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Fun stuff. Yeah. Um, that's where we leave. We left off. Now it's time to finally uh, finish this thing once and for all. And disappoint. Conquer this beast. And disappoint as many people as possible. Maybe. I mean, that's the thing about this year, though, is that, like, what? how could people be disappointed? Everyone because... has probably very different tastes. Exactly. That's why we want to know what everyone out there thinks about this year. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, where do people fall? Like, what is the favorite overall? Because mm -hmm. I honestly don't really know. Is it Saint Anger? It's probably Saint Anger. It's probably Saint Anger. Well, I mean, that's that solves that. That's the we. So every between between now and the times we record, we listen to the whole Saint Anger album. Um, it's just something we do as like it's a tradition. Yeah, it's actually not true. It's not true. But I kind of want to make it tradition. In, in some weird fucked up way. I mean, in that album, I, f I feel like in order to keep all of your brain cells, you have to listen to it like maybe once a year tops. <laughs> just yeah. to, you know, just to stay, uh, stay healthy. Yeah, you don't uh, want to, you don't want to spoil too much. Yeah. Um, you know, treats are, treats are, you know, worth the wait. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll put, I'll put to it. Yeah. It's a hol It's like a, it's a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> It's once a year. Oh man, uh, we're we're thinking too much about this album. Yeah. Oh right. shit. Okay. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about our top five now. Is it our number ones? Who knows? Is it the swerve? <laughs> Just kept going. Is it number one? I don't know. Is I don't it? Know. I, I'm it joking. is. <laughs> right. Okay. We're joking. You ready? All right. I think we're ready to. 
get down to business here. All right. So my number five, I, I, I definitely binged a lot of death metal going into this because I was just curious to know where death metal was really at at this time because it, you know, it kind of had phased out of relevancy, um, which I mean, had started to in like the mid nineties, uh, at least, you know, the more straightforward kind of death metal Yeah, is, you know, melodic death metal was still like kind of on the rise in a way. And Crimson was there. I know he was on your list. Right. Right. So, right. yeah. Um, but I think this is my favorite death metal discovery that I have. Um, it's a band I never listened to before, but, uh, I was fully just on board and really taken with this album is by a band called Kronos and the album is called Colossal Titan Strife. Uh, the cover art is something to behold. <laughs> oh boy. That is, um, yeah, everyone stop what you're doing and look at the Kronos Colossal Titan Strife and, uh, get back to us. Yeah. Look at that guy. He's something got going on. He's got some stuff going on. But uh, yeah, um, I would say this album definitely gave me some big Dying Fetus vibes. Um, you know, Cannibal Corpse for sure. Uh, I would even say uh, it kind of reminded me a bit of Nile, even though, nice. you know, I'm not super familiar with Nile, but from what I've heard of them and this, it feel like, I feel like they're of a very similar ilk vibe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, honestly, if you just like any kind of death metal, really, you should definitely give this album a try because it has it has the brutality. It has surprising moments of melody in there, not really on the level of like, you know, a band I mentioned last week, Intestine Ballism. But you could tell that these guys are just very talented and very smart when it comes to how they write their songs. And this album has, you know, a lot of surprising moments. It's not, it's not just constantly just beating you over the head, which it could and still be enjoyable. But there's something more going on here that I just found to be really enjoyable and really entertaining. And this just feels like an album that I'll be coming back to very frequently. Um, yeah, just based on that description, I mean, I, I haven't heard it and. uh based on all those those bands that are of similar you know uh, in a similar vein that sounds right up my alley too yeah it's it's fucking it's it's dope definitely give it a listen um they're from france and i think they broke up in the mid 2010s but uh yeah a lot of their songs you could kind of tell from the cover that they're influenced by like greek mythology and that sort of thing is like they're uh sort of the backbone of what their songs are about. But um, yeah, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, with Equa Sword and Phaeton, I think those are the two songs that I thought stood out the most to me. But uh, yeah, everything on here is is just really sick. And definitely worth giving a, giving a shot. I mean, I mean, looking at that album cover alone, I I, I would argue that everyone should give it a shot. Oh so, yeah, oh yeah. Like, what is this? I want to I want to listen to it. Yeah, it piques the curiosity. I want to figure out what the story of this guy is. Who is he? Yeah, maybe if you listen, you might find out. So, Chronos, yep. Colossal Titan Strife, number five. Noise. Well, my number five is you know I, I mentioned this last time, and uh, I think I mentioned it uh, when I mentioned Coheed. <laughs> but uh, this is going to be the start of my disappointing a lot of true metal fans. Oh boy. I know we're at, we're at another album in to uh, another very adjacent thing where this band used to be more of a doom metal band, but have evolved over the years to be more alternative metal slash Gothic sound. Mm. And it's actually one of my favorite bands of all time. And I'm talking about Catatonia with uh, Viva Emptiness which was an incredible album uh, to come out of this time. In fact, it's weird to say because like, you know, when I, when I discovered Catatonia, uh, it was kind of in the late 20, 2000, uh, 2000s. I, I listened to Night is the New Day in 2009. And that was really kind of like my opening uh, of their, you know, 
discography, I, I went back, listened to The Great Cold Distance, which is probably one of their biggest albums of from them. Um, and then obviously went forward with that. You know, Dead End Kings in 2012 was an album I was really looking forward to and was one of my favorites of the year. Yeah. Um, and then going back to Viva Emptiness, like we're going to talk about today, the last fair deal gone down that came out before this, um, the Knight's Decision. There's just a lot of really great things. But like I said, this used to be a more of a doom and slash death metal band. Yeah. Uh, Brave Murder Day actually had Michael Ackerfeld from Opeth uh, doing a lot of uh, vocals and, and work with, with Catatonia. In fact, they're like best friends. Like, um, you know, these these are brother bands. Like they're, they get along with each other. They've toured together. I've seen them both together. And it was, you know, some of the best experiences I've ever seen. But going back to Viva Emptiness, this is a transition album for them because they definitely went a little bit more alternative, a little bit more gothy, and a little bit more <laughs> emo and uh-huh. sorts. Um, the lyrics might be the weakest part of this of this uh, this record. It definitely feels angsty, um, but I'm and I'm and I will fully admit. I know I just mentioned Coheed and Cambria earlier, but I am not huge on angst. I like I like anger, <laughs> and I like sadness. But Say I don't anger. I like sad anger. Well, we'll get there. You know. Sorry, sorry, don't, sorry. Don't. You know, spoil for the people. But uh, Viva Emptiness has some some moments where, but like at the same time, I think about about this time when I was listening to this record and then also just the band in general and like the times I've listened to Catatonia. And I think about it like, it's like this would be my like emo band that I listen to <laughs> that like really just kind of gets me through shit. Yeah. And I, I love that about them. And they have this very, it could potentially play on the radio, this stuff. Um, but it just doesn't because obviously it's it's more um, alternative, I guess, to the yeah. alternative music <laughs> of this time. But yeah, th- like I said, you know, it's it's a really great album. It, it means a lot to me. Um, I really love Ghost of the Sun that starts off this. Uh, it goes into Sleeper and Criminals, which are an, an incredible like one, two, three punch at the very beginning of the record. Um, but yeah, it just keeps getting better and better with different things. Omerta, which is one of the last tracks and inside the city glass, uh, city of glass is, is also an incredible one, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of emotion in this record and you can tell just based on the cover uh, of, of it. Um, you just seen this black and white kind of, um, street of uh, a character kind of just walking down the street and you can just see thinking back to that cult of Luna somewhere along the highway. Yeah. Kind of, but in a very different way. Mm-hmm. This one seems a little bit more, you know, less mature sure. somewhere along the highway, maybe. But it definitely hits the nail on the head on what it's trying to go for. And that's why it's there for me. And I, I love Catatonia and I love the, st- the things they do. I think they've only gotten better. Um, I think the, the last album that came out this year was one of my favorites of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just love this band and... and and this is one of the bands that like I'm kind of just in love with everything they've done. And I'm talking about from the beginning to the end. And yeah, I, I'm with them. So if you haven't heard Viva Emptiness, do yourself a favor and check it out. Nice. So, yeah, I uh, didn't get to this one, unfortunately, but uh, I still really like Catatonia. And uh, I will definitely listen to this uh, in the future. You are. Mm-hmm. So we ready for number four? Number four. Things are about to get even more emo. Yay! On my side. <laughs> um, my number four is an album that I think is regarded as one of the best post-hardcore albums of all time. Um, this is a band that I remember seeing music videos for on on Fuse a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, you know, why I might not have owned the CD during the time. Um, I think they're just a little bit more on the mature side than I was into when I was as young as I was. But uh, yeah, number four, I've got Thrice, the artist in the ambulance. Nice. Yeah. Thrice is a band that I feel like you're right. Like it crosses, like there's this weird crossover. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, but I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> I, uh, I yeah, I think you're that's a good point for sure. Um, because obviously in their later period they would go more into they would get a little bit darker, a little heavier, um, a little bit more on the the rock side. But you know, this album feels like a band that is kind of starting to reckon with, uh, you know, like their roles as musicians and like kind of having this sort of identity crisis um, and like what they're trying to say with their music and everything, which, uh, you know, I think that's pretty resonant uh, as a theme for a lot of younger people just trying to figure themselves out and figure what they want to do and what their purpose is. Um, but yeah, even aside from that, there's just some really great songs on here, like under a killing moon, all that's left. I like a lot. Stare at the sun is one of the singles. I think that's one of the videos I saw back in the day. Um, the title track is a a song that, you know, they're definitely going to play one song from this album when they play live these days, which I actually just saw them, um, last year. Uh, they did a show headlining with Bayside and Anxious. Um, they're definitely going to be play the, the title track from this album for sure. It's just one of those. Mm. Uh, it's like Coheed and Cambria with. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That track. I understand. It's a live staple and, you know, for good reason. It's a. Uh, yeah. They're one of those bands that. Yeah. The people that loved them at this time they just continued to do so they never lost uh they never lost their integrity which i think is very important especially at a time when music like this was becoming more commercial right um there's a whole book about that actually called sellout by dan ozzy um that's about like how major labels were picking up all of these like underground like punk and hardcore bands and signing them and seeing like uh what the fallout of that was like how it was good for some and very very bad for other bands you know so, I, yeah. that reminds me we haven't mentioned roadrunner before mm, yeah that makes me think of that time period roadrunner and earache yeah two labels that used to be <laughs> mainstays for metal metal heads but mm-hmm. then they completely did a 180 right and tried to be commercial and pressure their own bands to sound more commercial. Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a thumb I remember of this time period. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. thrice. I need Yikes. to check them out more. Yeah. It's a great album. I think even if uh, anyone is not really into this sort of thing, I think that they would find a lot to enjoy on this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I need, like I said, I need to check them out. I've only heard a few records from thrice, but I've, I've liked what I've heard. I just never, put is probably a much of an attention that I need to with them. And, you know, I need to do that. I think yeah. so. Great choice. Number um, four. My number four is uh, a band that, uh, once again, just like Catatonia is, is a staple for me. Um, and is a band that has stayed with me for a very long time. And I, I love every record that this band's put out. Uh, I can only tell you like one record that I'm just like, I don't really listen to it very much. Hmm. Um, and that's one of the latter ones actually, but, um, they, they reinvigorated me with a sequel to a particular album, but we're not going to get to that album. <laughs> it's going to a lot of places here. Uh, the, the band I'm talking about is between the buried and me. BT Bam. Beat Bam. Mm-hmm. Beat Bam. Um, yeah. BT Bam. Uh, yeah. With the silent circus, which is their second record. Um, this is the album that, um, a lot of, fans of this band like this is like the turning point i think for a a lot of people like i think like colors that came out um a couple albums after this because last came out after this but i would say that colors was like the really true split between people who like their older stuff and the newer stuff and kind of what went through it but i just love how the silent circus really just kind of plays with what they were doing with their self-titled record which was their first record which had a bunch of influences from a lot of different things uh, from like cannibal corpse to a lot of the metal core of this time period uh, in the late nineties. Um, it, it was a really hodgepodge of these different things together, but somehow it worked. 
And I think they refined that with the Silent Circus. Uh, Mordecai is one of those tracks that they still play to this day. In fact, when we saw them, they played Mordecai um, when they, they did All of Colors um, because they know it's a popular song and they, they play it pretty much every time they <laughs> they, they play. So, um, but yeah, uh, this is just a great record. Um, I just love, you know, uh, there's, there's several things in here. Uh, Lost Perfection is another track that I, I quite enjoy. Uh, Destructo Disc, which is a freaking Dragon Ball Z reference, wow. which is wild. Um, at a at a digital met, I can never say its name name right, <laughs> but it's just a really fun track. Um, yeah, that honestly, that last half of the album is really like where things pick up for me, and there's just really beautiful moments that you're just like, wow, this almost because you know bands like that are like contemporary like this, like Haven, mm-hmm. or you know, I mean, I would even say like because they had a they had a cover album pretty early in their career, um, kind of just going over their influences, which is which is really interesting because I don't think a lot of bands did this. So in 2006, so oh. right, you know, a couple years after this, yeah. they did uh, a, 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 an album that just covers, you know, all sorts of things from Metallica to Motley Crue to King Crimson, Pink Floyd there's just so many things that like you can tell like, Oh yeah, this makes complete sense to the stuff that they do now. And I just love them. Um, they're a progressive death metal uh, giant that I think has crafted some of the most interesting like songs in modern metal Mm -hmm. and the way that they, you know, can structure different songs that can, I mean, this is one of the first bands that I really started listening to that had longer than normal songs like longer than the the three to five minute tracks that you would think about. These are the ones that like had like an epic, like kind of there was a build to a track yeah. and it went places and you never knew where it was going to go because they're a crazy band. Mm-hmm. And I, and that, that's what I adore about this band and between the Barry and me and the silent circus was, um, you know, really kind of the start of their zaniness I think because I think in their first album they had a lot more brutality uh, attached to it, a lot more aggression and rawness, which they have in this as well. But you know it would it would pick up in this record and um, carry through into Alaska, where they refined it even more, and then Colors, the perfection that is that record. Yeah. Um, and even like I was mentioning earlier, Colors too, like that was a that was a wonderful return to form for them because they had kind of went a little bit more on the a little bit more zany prog rock route for a second, more spacey prog rock um, with uh, the last few albums. And uh, so I was glad to see kind of more of a focus mm-hmm. um, back on that, that middle stuff that they put out. So anyway, I just rambled about between the buried and me, but go I mean, listen to the silent circus, man. Yeah, I, I need to for sure. You uh, like it? You like it? Yeah, I, I think so too. I definitely, yeah, I need to go back and start at the beginning with them because I feel like approaching their discography like that is probably the best way to to go about it. And I remember on one of our many trips, I've I've played the first between the Berg and the album, and you liked it. I remember that. Yeah, being like, wow, I didn't think of them as that. Yeah. I remember you kind of saying that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we've kind of I brought up the potential of maybe seeing them again this summer because they see doing the Parallax Two Parallax tour, yeah, yeah, which is another great album. That's that's an epic like story of an album. <laughs> yeah, so I think that would be a cool show. Mm-hmm. I think they're especially since they're playing with Rivers of Nile, saxophone death metal giants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. that is my number four. Number four. Now we are on to number three. The top three are here. I remembered which number it's supposed to be on. Good job, time. buddy. It's been a long time coming. We get to almost the end of the list, and I finally... Well, don't, it's not over yet, so you might mess up. Hmm. Now that you've said that, I, I definitely will. <laughs> I definitely will fuck up now. All right. We're going to continue on the, uh, the more emo, the more uh, mainstream kind of side of things here. This is an album that is another band I remember kind of seeing glimpses of on TV, watching music videos and stuff. Um, 
I think it was a little too out there for me at the time. So I was, you know, I was like seven or eight years old. <laughs> um, I was a little, it was a, yeah, it was a little too different for me at that time. Um, but going back and checking it out now, I was not expecting it to be on this list at first. But then I listened to it and I was like, this is kind of brilliant. This is kind of great. I'm talking about AFI Sing the Sorrow. Wow, I did not expect this. Yeah. Um, this album, it's long. It's like an hour long. It feels, you know, it feels like it is the cover art is basically like the cover of a book. And it basically feels like the kind of album that is kind of taking you through a story of sorts or taking you through a series of poems, which makes a lot more sense because I feel like each of these songs like lyrically are very poetic and uh, they feel like they have a lot of emotional intensity behind them. Uh, like leaving song part two uh, and girls, not gray being the, the main singles. But uh, apart from that, despite all the, the hits being in the, the front half of the album, I feel like the second half is even better, which you don't really see that very often where <laughs> an album is front loaded with all of the big hit songs. And then the second half without all the singles surpasses that. Mm-hmm. but yeah like the great disappointment the celluloid dream um the leaving song which the leaving song part two came before it which is interesting but yeah this album despite you know this being like the big breakout album for this band it feels like they were enjoying their like a sense of creative like like a creative spirit that just like, it feels like it's really flowing on this album. And uh, yeah, another one that is not very metal at all, but it still has that sort of like punk uh, post hardcore spirit to it, which is the world that they came from. And it still has that a part of it, even though, you know, there's, some goth rock songs on here. There's like some, I mean, I talked about catatonia, so goth rock exists. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say this is a very pleasant surprise. I loved it. I might not be in the mood for this sort of thing very often, but when I am, that hits the spot perfectly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I'm, I'm pretty surprised by it because I, I only really know the album after this. December Decemberist or something like that. It's the it's one that December has something. December it's the, Underground. It's the one that most people know. Yeah. Um yeah, I I I haven't really thought about this band in a long time. So yeah. I'm really curious to hear this this album you mentioned and the one before it too. It looks like it was um pretty acclaimed as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I it'd be interesting to kind of hear what that sound is. Because I have this, I have this picture of the hits that I remember from that period. Yeah, and I, you know, I now I'm thinking about like, okay, well, what what else do they sound like? Yeah, I would say they're kind of in line with Coheed a little bit, um, more in the vocal department. Right, they have that same sort of singing style, I would say. But you know, he has those like uh, Davy Havoc, I believe, is the frontman for this band. Um, mm-hmm. Has that sort of you know higher pitched voice. But you can also have like these like shouts and, uh, you know, it's a very diverse performance and a very passionate one. Um, but yeah, uh, that's my number three. Uh, AFI, Sing the Sorrow. Great, great album. What a nice surprise. Yeah. Nice. Well, we're down to the top three for me. And uh, to start off number three is a band that uh, needs no introduction. Joey actually already mentioned them. Right. But it's enslaved, enslaved, enslaved with Below the Lights. Um, You know what? Uh, I'm echoing kind of what he mentioned in the last episode, but, um, you know, Enslaved is a band that's really special to me. Um, 
I, I wasn't really big on black metal for a long period of time. And I wanted to, I always wanted to say like when Retir came around in 2012, which we mentioned, um, you know, right. uh, it's one of my favorite records of that year. And Me we too. mentioned that in the, in one of our first episodes. Yeah. Uh, our first series that we did. Um, you know what? This this band's really special because it reminded me. I, I always said this was like, this is the Opeth of black metal, mm-hmm. and 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 Opeth was really special to me. So like thinking about it that way in that context, I'm like, okay, wow, this is a this is a genre that I don't really listen to very much. You add the progressive element into it, it just all clicks with me. Um, you know, I mentioned Demi Borgir earlier. Um, that's the more symphonic death yeah. metal side. That's more bombastic. This is the progressive side of things. More the Pink Floyd elements, the you know the the ones where like there's a little bit more uh, synth, but like yeah, the prog and psych. Yeah, prog and psych, and there, there's a little bit more of like a like an almost like you're going on a, this weird odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Like there's this this there's something in the air, and I and I, I love I love the synthesizers in this particular record, but um, you know there are quite a bit of really interesting things that they, this band did because they used to be like a Viking black metal band, right? Black and death of sorts. Um, you know, they have their, their, they had their stick for a bit. And I feel like this was a transition album for them. Just like what Joseph was saying earlier is like, they added this psychedelic, this prog side of them uh, with the keyboards and especially in the synthesizers. And they really kind of leaned into it a little bit and i i think that was a really great choice for them because they really got to expand their sound and i mean it 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 goes to what we were talking about you know with their last record that just came out which is to is to me which is the cousin to this record yeah um so yeah but like you know i know that uh joseph was mentioning like i think that you know they would go on to do better things and i would agree with that um you know for the most part i think this record is definitely one that really speaks a lot to me um i think uh the record that come comes after this isa is also just an incredible record it's just one year after which is just insane i think they just they got that creative Mm -hmm. like bug and they're like yes this is the sound we want to do yeah and then they just and they just kept going from there and yeah they've been uh, been on a tear ever since and yeah, they're they're hella consistent. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I, I would. Even... But anywho, that being said, you know, um, Below the Lights has some amazing tracks that just like are just they still live in with me to this day. Um, you know, I think uh, Queen of the Night, Queen of Night, is one that really um, you know keeps with me. I love Havenless and Ridicule, Ridicule Swarm, mm-hmm. which I know you mentioned earlier too. Um, yeah, that middle part of the album really yeah. has a, like a really nice chunk to it that I think um, really makes this a special album. But also, so does as Fire Swept Clean the Earth, the first track on it, and really sets a tone for it. For sure. So, but yeah, Enslaved's a really special record, our band for me. And so is this record. This record is one of my favorites from them. Yeah. Like I would say in their discography, which they have, you know, around 10 plus or something, uh, maybe more than that, 12 or something. But, uh, yeah, this is like in my top three records from them. Like it's one that I visit a lot. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's why it's number three for me. Oh yeah. Yar. Yeah. One of the two, uh, albums that we both had on our lists. Yeah. Chimera enslaved. That's it. Is that it at this point? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Who knows where we'll go from here? Mr. Anger of Saint. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. That's, we already spoiled that that's our number one. Yeah, our number one's Metallica Saint Anger, obviously. But obviously. anyway, let's talk about number two first. <laughs> right, right, right. We just keep getting ahead of ourselves. We're too excited to talk about it finally. We're sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're not sorry. Yeah. All right. I know that having AFI so high up was a surprise yes this one might also be a big surprise too but you know what i'm sticking with it Mm -hmm. um 
So I've talked about on the show before about how I've become more of a, a heavy metal fan uh, of the traditional heavy metal um, and, you know, stuff from the 80s, of course, your priests, uh, your Sabbaths, so on. Um, and I also love bands that are continuing to do that style today with more, you know, modern and polished production. As yeah, I love all of that shit. Um, and so I was wondering, hmm, I feel like I need some heavy metal on my list. And so I did a little bit of digging and this album stood out to me in a way (laughs) that I was more morbidly curious about it at first because of how absolutely hideous the cover is. (laughs) You can't see it yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to show it to you and get your live reaction. But um, yeah, this is an album that I just kind of automatically assumed. Oh, well that obviously has to be. Sound like shit. (laughs) Yeah. That's obviously got to be like one of their weak records, but then I kind of checked on, you know, how some other people ranked uh, the albums from this band. And I saw some people have it, you know, kind of in that upper middle portion. And I was like, hmm, all right, I should just give this a chance. And I did. And I'm extremely glad that I did because I think this album is fucking great. And it delivers exactly what a Iron fucking Maiden album should. This is Iron Maiden with Dance of Death. Now get ready. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting ready for the album cover. Yeah. Because, yeah, when I think of Iron Maiden, I don't think of that title track. I don't think of that album title. Right. Um, But I probably have seen this album cover. I think it's kind of infamous at this point. (laughs) I'm trying to get a high res. I was going to say, let me me see Eddie, because I know he's there. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with with Iron Maiden is they're always... Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, that's... I mean, that's their mascot, so... Yeah, he's going to be involved... But, um, you know, there was a trend in the early 2000s about artwork needing to be digital. Mm. And, uh, yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's see. One. Hold on here. I'm counting down slowly for, for Joseph. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to get it. Two. Okay. Here we go. Three. Oh, boy. I do remember this one. Like, holy shit that is that is a goofy ass album i i honestly honestly kind of forgot about it that's because i think yeah. i blocked it from my memory but holy moly that is that is terrible artwork it's abhorrent <laughs> it is atrocious look 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 at that look at this what is he doing i don't know what but is I, that baby doing this on is a that, sims on that this dog. is a sims sims album <laughs> this is exactly where it was built yeah, it's hideous digital art, and it's also has like all of these like naked people on it. It's just, it's very strange. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what the logic behind it was, and oh, I don't know boy. how, I don't know how it ended up being on the final product. Number but... fucking two for you. Yeah, because <laughs> like I said, when you listen to the music, it sounds like a great Iron Maiden album. Mm-hmm. Um. It definitely, you know, is part of that old, that kind of latter period in the band's trajectory. Like, it's not as, like, it doesn't really pack as much of a punch as, you know, Number of the Beast or Peace of Mind might. But it has, like, those slower, more contemplative songs, but it has the, you know, it has the fair share of bangers as well. Like, I think anyone doubting that this album is is a you know a good record in this band's legendary career just check out the songs no more lies and check out the title track i think those will convince you for sure but yeah um i love maiden of course as most metalheads do mm-hmm. and deservingly uh, so yeah listening to this i just had a wonderful time uh bruce sounds incredible i don't understand (laughs) how he's able to sound as great as he does on this album 
uh, 20, like in 2003, I think that's like maybe 21 years after number of the beast, which was the first album that they put out with him as the singer. Yeah. So he's in like in his late thirties, probably yeah. uh, early forties. Yeah. He sounds wonderful on here. Mm-hmm. Like he sounds, I'm not going to say he sounds as good because he did. He has a very different approach at this point, but he still brings it. The riffs are still super catchy, uh, triumphant. Yeah, it it just fucking delivers. Um, and I can absolutely see it being like in that rotation when I'm in the mood for heavy metal or when I'm in the mood for Maiden. Like, I could absolutely see myself going for this one. I might have to cover my eyes to not have to look <laughs> at the cover. <laughs> the opera art. cover, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm morbidly curious because of the album cover. Yeah. Oh, it boy. does not sound as it's shitty a, as it looks. Yeah. Oh man, that <laughs> album cover. If you haven't already looked it up, you need to now. Yeah. Because like, good God. Um. Wow. Um. How do I follow up that? Shit. Number two. Well, my number two is one that's going to disappoint a lot of people, and I do not <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> Because this this is probably the the least metal album. I mean, my number two might have also been a disappointment, but sure, that's that's fair. But a lot of people probably will be like, "That's not a metal album" when they hear it. But I'm like, it's pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about a band that was a post hardcore band that were together um, uh, and big in the late '90s. And uh, transformed into a prog rock band, hmm. and a prog rock band that is became incredibly famous uh, for how freaking zany they are. And I'm talking about the Mars Volta oh. with the Laust in the Comatorium. There you go. And my God, do I love this record! So this record is a perfect record. There's there's no bad songs on this record. Uh, this is a band very polarizing, kind of like Coheed and Cambria. Like either you like their style or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it clicks, it's like wow. The the choices that they made on this record were just just absolutely over like over the top, wild. They matched things perfectly. Yeah, like there's there's no bad songs on this record, which makes it hard for me to be like, yeah, this is the record you, this is the track you need to listen to for this. But like, no, just listen to the whole damn thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's just a fun ride. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird to me that a band, uh, at the drive-in, which is the band that they were a part of before. Yeah. Would put something out like this because to be fair, I'm, I'm not the biggest at the drive-in fan. There's, mm. there's a couple uh, of songs that I like by them, and I, I tried getting into them because I, I was a big fan of the Mars Volta um, and pretty much everything that they've done. Um, you know, they just recently came back, actually, and put a self-titled album out, which was okay, um, but definitely not in the spirit of what they were doing back th- at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, oh man. Like this, this record, like it also has a really weird album cover. I don't know if anyone's ever seen this one, oh, but it's, it's just the, like, it's the goose egg, uh, golden head on a platter yeah. with, uh, with a light, um, shining from its mouth. Um, it almost looks like a weirdly, like a carcass record plus a, right, yeah. plus a really weird, like dolly painting. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's what it feels like. And I, and I kind of love it. Um, but yeah. This is uh, this record is just so insanely great. Weirdly enough, the you know uh, <laughs> the bass player on this is is Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, and I I, I cannot stand that band, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like Flea all right um, yeah, because sure. he's done plenty of good projects with with um, with Mars Volta. Actually, they did. Um, I think it's called Anti. Is one of, I think that's what the the anyway. They they've done some things projects together, but uh, but yeah, this, this Cedric and Omar are like the two creative mainstays of this record of this band, the guitarist and the vocalist. Um, yeah, the way they craft music is just really fascinating. I, I've heard many uh, stories where the the live performances are not maybe not as good mm. as um, their recordings. In fact, they've had some pretty um, crazy stories and with their recorded records and they've had some turnover and 
it's a pretty tumultuous um, and pretty crazy um, band to look into if you, anyone's ever curious mm. to kind of see the history of the band because it it's all over the map. Um, there's like cursed cursed studios. There was flooding, like losing digital masters of things, and oh boy, there's a lot of crazy shit going on. Um, cursed records, things like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, this is the thing that started them all, and the Laust is like. It, it, it seriously is a perfect record. Like there's, it's just so much fun. Like this just brings me back to my college days where I would just jam this out with my best friend and we would just listen to this nonstop. Um, and yeah, like just one of those bands is just, I, I you'll never forget hearing them. Um, cause you'll know exactly like, Oh yeah, that's Mars Volta. Well, so yeah, if you've never listened to this, do it please. And if you don't like it, it's fine perfect well well have you heard much mars volta i've dabbled in their stuff and i've always been very interested in what they're doing because it's just a completely original sounding band um and i was yeah i i was definitely into it but i think when i tried listening to like full lengths of theirs i would just kind of get a little overwhelmed and then just kind of find something else but they're spastic. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, you know, now that I'm older and, you know, I'm willing to kind of pay, like give myself over to albums more, um, I, you know, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in going back to, to this band's material. Yeah, and I didn't mention it, but I mean, this is one of the heavier records from them which is another reason why I'm like, this belongs on this list Yeah, is because it is an intense record. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's, it's firing on all cylinders pretty much nonstop. Yeah. So you couldn't tell me this wasn't an adjacent <laughs> to that yeah. space. <laughs> yeah. You could not mm-hmm. one bit. So anyway, we're down to the number one, aren't we? Yeah. It's that time. It's the hall of fame time. Yeah. As uh, some of you may know, we have an ongoing, uh, I would say it's our own personal canon of records that we love, albums from different mini-series that we've done so far that uh, are among our very favorites. We have this reserved space that we're calling the Scouring the Depths Hall of Fame. And uh, when we do list episodes like these, usually our number ones will end up in the Hall of Fame. So very important it's a very sacred event, this uh, this this ritual of naming our number ones. Uh, not to make it sound too important or anything, but it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Big ass deal. Kidding me? All right. So while there may have been surprises before, this one shouldn't be a surprise at all. Um, it's Converge. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they didn't even put a record out this year, but it's Converge. Yeah. <laughs> I just find a way to get them in there. Mm-hmm. Well, they are a band that's sort of tied to Converge, so I guess that's what makes it not surprising at all. Um, they're a band that I think would eventually end up on Jacob Bannon's label, Death Wish. Um, they're a Canadian uh, hardcore crust punk band called Cursed. And this is their album one, their first uh, full length. Um, Cursed is one of those bands that I discovered when kind of, you know, getting more into more aggressive music, uh, more in the hardcore and punk realm of things. Uh, You know, this is a band that I would always see in the like related artists section on Converge's like Spotify page or whatever. And so I look, I listened to them and uh, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, also around the same time that I found Cursed, I was really into Nails and I feel like Cursed, especially on this first full length, it definitely scratches a similar itch to Nails. Um, yeah, uh, with their sort of power violence just like really fast, abrasive uh, brand of hardcore um but one thing coming back to this album uh years later that really stood out to me is that this album is very very dark 
and very menacing sounding in a way that, you know, obviously a lot of aggressive music wants to be that. But um, yeah, this album genuinely does sound just cold, nihilistic, black hearted. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely adore it. I think um, this should absolutely be canonized as like what a perfect uh, distillation of this style should be. And any people out there who love Converge or love like early Cave In, um, Nails, like I mentioned, definitely ought to give this band a try because uh, this album and the two that came after it are essential. I um, have heard a cursed track or two in my past, but I've never really given them my full attention. So I'm very excited to to, to jump into this now. Yeah. Um, especially it being your number one, obviously. So um, it's the one that's closest to my heart from this year, I would say. Sure. Yeah. I mean, hence it, why it's where it's, where it's at, you know, at number one. Mm-hmm. So um, man, sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so this next one is number one for me. The best way that I can describe this record is this is the album that I have mentioned the most as a desert island album for me so it's a really big deal to me in fact i know we've mentioned on the uh, the top and several times throughout this thing 2003 was a weird year um has a lot of really weird choices a lot of weird things going on but this record in particular is one of my favorite albums of all time um it is one that is not heavy whatsoever but it is from a very heavy band, and this is a this is actually a split. Uh, it was initially supposed to be a double album, but the uh, the record label wouldn't let them do that, so mm-hmm. they had to split it into two different albums. The second album would come out after this one, or no, wait, right before it actually in two thousand and two. Uh, and those two albums I'm talking about are Deliverance and Damnation from Opeth, and the one I'm talking about right now is Damnation which is a prog rock album it is a prog rock album that has so much going for it. It's so subtle. It's so sad and melancholic that like, it just, it, like, it speaks to me in, in a way that also makes me really happy. Like, like anytime I ever hear it, I just like, I get, it's, it's like a lullaby of a record. Like it just like, just it eases whatever's going on. If I listen to that, I'm like, I'm okay. I feel I feel safe when I listen to this record. That's how powerful this record is for me. Um, it's one that really, like I said, it, it it's not that heavy. In fact, it's not because the, they wanted to showcase their two kind of styles and they really wanted to kind of split it up. Deliverance being that more like, you know, death metal side that Opeth had had, you know, in the early rounds. And then, when you know, uh, you know, uh, Blackwater Park and uh, Still Life, the one that came out before that, they had like little glimpses of like some melody and some like prog rock. And because like Michael Ackerfeld is a huge fan of like Camel, Genesis, yes, a lot of the, those prog rock bands from the 70s, um, and really wanted to capitalize on that kind of sound. So it's really interesting to kind of see that in this particular album. And they use the Mellotron a lot in their, in their instrumentation. It's kind of like a, like almost like a, an organ slash piano. Like it's, it's just, but it's more electronic, but it, it sounds like it has this, like this really eerie effect over the music. And then they'll use, they use a lot of acoustic guitars. And then Michael is also somebody who has, like a very sultry voice, like mm-hmm. a very velvety, like the weird, the weird thing is about Michael is like, he's one of the, he sounds like one of the scariest death metal vocalists mm-hmm. and also one of the smoothest. Yeah. It's very soothing singers. Uh, yeah. So like, I, I love that dynamic about him. And this is probably why he's one of my favorite, like vocalists of all time mm-hmm. is because he really has a range to him that yeah. is unparalleled. Yeah, I think he's definitely one of the most respected, for sure. Yeah, so 
with that being said, so yeah, um, with that being said, like, you know, I think each track on this record, um, is just, it, it literally just leads into the next, like, um, it opens up with like a seven minute track nearly window pane, which is just like one that like, just like invites you into this, this mood, yeah. this atmosphere. Um, and it just keeps going. Um, and there's even like, there's even a song on here, like hope leaves, which is like the fifth track. It's only like uh, eight tracks, but I, I do love that there's a, there's like an abrupt ending and you just don't, you just, you know, like, I mean, if anyone hasn't heard it, I guess I spoiled something, but like, it just, it ends and I'm just like, what? And then it just goes to the next song. And, but like, it just, it all makes sense, mm. um, in the context of the entire album. And yeah, it's just, there's, uh, there's a lot I could say about it, but you know, it's, it's more of a felt album for me. And which is why it's at number one. It's mm. it's one that I have a lot of strong emotions attached to it. So, which is why I picked it there. So, yeah, Opeth, Damnation. Have yourself a cup of coffee. Listen to this record. Like you can just Sounds relax, nice. listen, listening yeah. to it. So, hell yeah, that's number one. Hey, I mean, it's a really good pick. Makes a lot of sense. A lot of a lot of prog in my in my picks. I mean, it was a it was a good year for it by by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Enslaved did it. Um, I mean, even like AFI probably has some progressive elements to them. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of crazy things going on. Yeah, and that wraps up our top twenty albums of two thousand three. And congrats to the new inductees into the Hall of Fame. We have Cursed with one and Opeth with, is it Deliverance or Damnation? Damnation. Okay, yep, Damnation. There you have it, everybody. What's your number one? Yeah, let us know on our socials at ScouringPod on Instagram and on Twitter. Get at us. We are genuinely very interested. Because, uh, yeah, um, weird times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, well, do you want to get into kind of what we're going to be doing in May? Yeah, May. We're It's, it's going to be a hardcore summer in May. Um, we're going to be sticking around in the past for a little bit longer. But we are going to be discussing uh, our next genre miniseries. That being 90s metalcore essentials. This was a time when metalcore was one thing before it came very be... infinite, very infinite. Yeah. Like it was an infant, it was a baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. Uh, it's a time where it was something before it became something different. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in this mini series, we are going to be covering eight albums, eight uh, juggernauts, including Earth Crisis. With Destroy the Machines, Integrity, Systems Overload, Cave In, Until Your Heart Stops, Zeo, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, Zeo, Where Blood and Fire Bring Rest, Botch, We Are the Romans, Dillinger Escape Plan, Calculating Infinity, Hate Breed, Satisfaction is the Death of Desire, and Poison the Well, The Opposite of December. And there's a lot of bands we could be talking about here too. Right. There oh. oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say we just, you know, uh, you know, just uh, how things kinda panned out. We wanted to have a good mix of things you would expect and then also ones that, you know, we haven't heard ourselves. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the goal whenever we do one of these mini series for sure. And yeah, I mean uh yeah, there are a ton of albums out there that would be perfect for this list. Um, but, you know, just eight slots available. This feels like a good spread of different variations on this big st- on this big style uh, that became sort of a trend within hardcore. And, uh, yeah, it should be very interesting to, to dig into. So, yeah, we'll be starting this next week on the 5th with uh, Earth Crisis, Destroy the Machines, and Integrity Systems Overload. Should be very, very brutal. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, um, be sure to check us out on the socials and join us along on these adventures. And you know, we, we appreciate you always stopping by and giving us uh, giving us a listen. And you know, it's it's always a, it's always a fun time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been a great journey. This is uh, you know, this is our I believe our twenty sixth episode. Which I mean, it's not the highest number ever, but I mean. It still feels like a, a bit of a milestone in some ways. Like, yeah, that's like that's half a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been great so far. We're very appreciative of anyone that bothers to give the give us the time um, and enjoys the show as much as we enjoy making it. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much, and we will uh, catch you on the flip, the flip flop, flip. Floppity to the flip flop. I gotta go.